message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Good morning. Well, happy Father's Day. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, you can go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll get there in just a moment. This morning, we're going to be wrapping up the Entering God's Rest series that we have been on, and this message is entitled, Working in His Rest. And before we could get to this point, we covered the first step, which was hearing his voice and responding to it in faith. And then we came to an understanding of the fullness of God's rest. And last week we discussed how we can enter into his rest from a heart of trust. And now we're going to be looking at how we can live and work in this place of faith, trust and rest And we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 10. If you have your Bible, you can read along and it'll also be on the screen. Verse 10. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive, labor to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. We're encouraged to strive, even to labor, to enter God's rest. So that we can rest from all of our work just like he has, just like God the Father did from his. We discussed last week that this means we have to hear what God is saying and respond to him in faith and trust in accordance with the word that he's spoken. His living, breathing word that he's speaking us today through the Holy Spirit We've read uh, Hebrews 3 and 4 the last few weeks where uh, we're encouraged to, to hear the voice of God today. He says, if you hear his voice today, don't respond like the children of Israel in disobedience and unbelief. Respond in faith and hear his voice today and respond. And we're going to look at two individuals from Scripture this morning that illustrate this point. First of all, we'll look at the Apostle Paul, and then we'll look at Jesus Christ himself. We won't be covering it again this morning, but we've discussed that what we've discussed over the last three weeks has laid a foundation for understanding that God is resting because all of his work is complete, and that we can rest with him and we can walk with him in that completed work. And what we're going to see this morning as we look at the example of Paul and Jesus Christ is that they walked in the Father's completed work. But not only did they walk in his completed work, they did it from a place of rest. And we're going to start with Paul in Acts chapter 16. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there again. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Verse 8, So passing by Mysia, 
they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So one thing that is clear throughout the New Testament is that both Jesus and the disciples and the early followers of Christ were dedicated to prayer and fasting and to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. They spent time with the Father to know His voice. Jesus, we see uh, many times leaving early in the morning and going away by Himself for times alone with the Father to hear what the Father was saying. This particular passage doesn't reference that aspect, but what it does say and what it does show is that they were clearly hearing the voice of God being spoken through the Holy Spirit and they were obediently following it. Paul had a desire to go to Asia to preach the gospel. We would think, well, of course, God's going to let them go anywhere they want to preach the gospel. But what we see and what we read is not only did the Holy Spirit say, no, it says the Holy Spirit forbade them to go into Asia. And then they were going to Bithynia and the Holy Spirit said no. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul in a vision and said to go to Macedonia. And so they went to Macedonia. God didn't tell Paul uh, why he couldn't go to Asia or why he couldn't go to Bithynia. He just said, don't go. And then he showed them where they were supposed to go. And Paul followed. You may remember in the first message of this series, I said that in my mind, there's really no leaders in the church, only the first followers. No one would argue that Paul and Peter and James and John and the other apostles weren't leaders in the early church. But when we look at Scripture, what we see that all of their leadership was actually following Jesus Christ through the leading of the Holy Spirit. They heard the voice of God and they responded. They were just the first one to follow. And Paul, here we see, and what we'll see here in just a second, is Paul heard the voice of God and he followed, even when others would encourage him not to. The leader was always Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, We've looked at John chapter 10, verse 27 before in the series, and we're going to look at it again this morning. Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Paul and the other apostles and the early Christians knew they knew the voice of the Holy Spirit. They prayed and they fasted and they sought out the father in relationship. And when they heard his voice, the voice of the good shepherd, they followed wherever he said to go. They went wherever he told them not to go. They didn't go. Now, let's take a look a few chapters over at Acts chapter 21 Verse 10, it says, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea and coming to us, he took Paul's belt and he bound his own feet and hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, 
What are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart, for I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. So this prophet Agabus comes and gives Paul a word. He gives a word that the Holy Spirit is speaking as I studied this and, and looked into this, there's actually uh, theologians who, who believe that uh, Paul disobeyed God and that God was saying, don't, don't go. You're going to get arrested. You're going to get put to death. I'm not sending you there. But the scripture absolutely doesn't say that. All that the scripture says is, Paul, you're supposed to go. The Holy Spirit's leading you to Jerusalem. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to be arrested. You're going to be bound. You're going to be handed over. And the other disciples and the other apostles and the other Christians urge Paul and they say, don't go. And Paul, Paul admonishes them and he says, what are you doing to me? You're breaking my heart. God is calling me there and he's told me what's going to happen. But that doesn't change the fact that that's what the voice of God is saying. And you're trying to convince me to not do the will of God. I'm reminded of another instance similar to this with Jesus and Peter. Jesus was saying, the Holy Spirit has said, I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die. And Peter stood up and said, no, Lord, and tried to convince Jesus not to go to the cross. And Jesus's response was, get behind me, Satan. You're trying to get me to not do the will of the father. To not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. To not respond in what I'm being called to do. And so Paul was saying, I know what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's spoken the same thing to me. But that's where he called me to go. And I'm not only willing to go and be arrested. If it requires me going to my death, so be it. I'm going to follow the voice of God wherever it leads. There's another example in the Old Testament of the apostle, uh, or not the apostle, the prophet Elijah and Elisha. God had told Elijah he was about to take him to heaven. And, and he told him it's going to be today. Well, not only did he speak to Elisha, but he spoke to other prophets. Because that's what the voice of God was saying. And the people, the prophets who were listening to the voice of God heard it. And so they go to one town and the prophets in that town come to Elisha and they say, Elisha, do you know what's about to happen? Elijah's going to go today. And and in our term, uh, Elisha basically says, shut up, be quiet. I know I hear God, too. I'm a prophet, too. I know what God's saying. Be quiet. It's okay." And he follows Elisha to another town and the prophets in that town come and the same situation reoccurs. And then Elisha asks Elijah, he says, I want a double anointing of what you have. And Elijah says, I can't give that to you. But if you see me go, if God allows you to see me go, you'll get what you asked for. And so Elisha's whole thing that day was, I'm not going to leave Elijah's side. I'm following you wherever you're going to go. But they all heard the voice of God because that's what he was saying. And today, what we've seen in Hebrews, it says over and over and over, repeats itself in those two chapters. Today, if you hear my voice, 
Don't be like the children of Israel and harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. Follow me. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying and respond. Whatever I say, just follow me. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they know me and they follow me. And that's what we see the disciples doing and the apostles doing. They led by following Christ. And we're all called to hear the voice of God, what he's speaking today, and follow him. Now we're going to look at Jesus' example. And I want to share and start from John chapter 5 because it relates to us working with God in his completed work. The context of this passage is that Jesus had just healed a paralyzed man on the Sabbath. And the religious leaders were upset because he'd done work on the Sabbath. They considered this healing of this paralyzed man work. So Jesus was working when God the Father healed this man. And according to God the Father, according to these religious leaders, the Sabbath was a day for resting. Not only was it a day for resting, it was a day commanded by God for rest. And Jesus had just broke this commandment. But Jesus tells them otherwise. In John 5, verse 16, he said, And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. They said, God said, you can't do work on the Sabbath, and you're healing this man. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. This verse could appear to contradict what we've been looking at the last few weeks, that God completed his work on the sixth day, and then he rested, because this says, Jesus says, my father's working and I'm working. But Hebrews 3 and 4 clearly state that God's work was completed from the foundation of the world and he is at rest. And many other scriptures support that, including the ones that we read last week from Isaiah. They confirm that as well. So what did Jesus mean when he said that his father and he were still working? And the answer is that the work that Jesus was doing was the same work that we're called to do, to hear God's voice today and obediently carry out what he's speaking, which is fulfilling the words of God the Father that he spoke before the foundation of the world. We read a few weeks ago that in Revelation it says Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundation of the world. The work was complete. It was done. And it was done because the Father had spoke it. And no word that he speaks comes back void. I want to read a scripture. This won't be on the screen, but we read it uh, previously. It's Isaiah 46, verse 9. It says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My Counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed it and I will do it. God the Father is saying, it's done. Everything that I have planned is done. And I'm speaking to you today. 
a completed work. And I just want you to walk with me in it. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what we're about to see is Jesus's example. And we're going to look at that by looking at his own words. In John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. Jesus is saying, I only did what I saw the Father doing. We've read in Psalms that says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. If a watchman's on a wall and he's trying to guard a city that God isn't protecting, it says he watches in vain. The city's going to fall. Because God didn't say it was going to stand. But if he said it was going to stand, it's going to stand. And if he built the house, it's going to be built. And that's what walking in the fullness of his completed work is about. God is saying, I want you to work with me to build the house I already built. I want you to guard the wall that I'm guarding. And when we step into that completed work, we can't fail. Because God's word is going to not come back void. It's going to accomplish every purpose that it was sent to do. And our responsibility isn't to put expectations of what that looks like. It's just to expect much of him and expect that he's going to do what he planned on doing. Our responsibility is to hear and respond. And Jesus, he knew the law. When he heard the Holy Spirit to heal heal that paralyzed man, he could have said, but Father, it's the Sabbath. Remember, we're not supposed to do stuff on the Sabbath. And the father said, before the foundation of the world, I healed that man on this Sabbath. And Jesus said, stand up and walk. And he stood up and walked. And that was instantaneous. What God does sometimes, he'll speak a word and do something and it takes time. We put our expectations on the when and how and all of those things. But God doesn't necessarily tell us that answer. He just says, step out in faith. This morning, just a little bit earlier, Brant, there he is, I was looking for you. Brant came up and just said, I feel like God wants me to pray for someone. And I, it registered in my spirit too. It's like, okay, we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to pray healing for, for a person. And we prayed. I believe that was God's word. He declared that. He declared a healing. It hasn't happened yet, but the word of God said he was going to do it. So now, and I would just say, continue to agree with us in prayer. He's going to bring the healing he spoke because he said he would. How, when, what that's going to look like, I don't know. But he spoke and Brant responded in faith. And now we can trust God for the results. He's going to do and accomplish what he said he would. Because he said it. And then Brant operated in faith and stepped out. In what God had said. Oh, you heard of the same thing. Oh, there you go. Two people heard of the same word. But God spoke. And that's all we're called to do is hear the voice of God today and respond today and leave the results up to him. The next verse is John twelve forty nine. Jesus says, 
For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. So we clearly see that everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus did was in obedience to the will of the Father. And both he and Paul in these examples were following the Father's direction from a place of faith, from a place of trust, and from a place of rest. If Jesus Christ himself, God in the flesh, didn't trust himself, didn't trust his feelings, didn't trust his emotions, didn't trust his flesh enough to do what he wanted to do, but only look to the Father for everything he was supposed to say and everything he was supposed to do. How much more should we seek the Father and say, Father, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking today? And whatever it is, I will respond in faith and trust that you're going to accomplish what you've spoken. Because your word doesn't come back void. You accomplish everything. Everything that you speak is every word that you send on a mission accomplishes exactly what it was sent to do. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The interesting thing here is that we would assume that that rest means we're not going to work anymore. Isn't that what rest is? Kick back and relax. You, you worked hard all day. Come home, have a seat and rest. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, come to me, you who are laboring, you who are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. How does he give us rest? Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus calls us to rest by entering his work. He says, I'm going to give you a new yoke. I'm going to give you a new burden. And to our logical minds, that doesn't make sense. What do you mean you're calling me to rest by putting me to work? And the reason is, is that every bit of Christ's yoke and every part of his burden that he's carrying is a yoke and a burden from the Father's completed work. It's done. It's been carried. It's been built. It's been accomplished. It's been spoken by the Father, and it's done. So he's saying, come with me, and we're going to build the house that the father built come with me and we're going to guard the wall that the father's guarding come with me and we're going to heal the person that the father healed come with me and we're going to set free the person that the father set free because we can't do any of it we can't heal anybody only the father only God can do that work. And the truth is we can't do any work. We read last week in Corinthians that the things that we build, the things that we do out of our own heart, out of our own will, out of our own labor, get burned up. The only thing that will last into eternity is what the Father built. 
if we're doing what he calls us to do today and we're doing that work, it's going to last forever. But anything that we do out of our own will, out of our own way, out of our own means, even if it succeeds, isn't going to last. It's not going to last the fire. It's going to be burn up. But everything that the Father has planned is going to be eternal. Jesus told us to come to him and he would give us rest. His rest. The rest of the Father. I want to read again John 10.27. It says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Our labor, our yoke is to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ. That's all he asks us to do is to be in a relationship with him, to know him, to know his voice, and to respond when he calls. We work, we can walk and live in his rest by following him, trusting that he's going to accomplish all that he said he would, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of where he leads us. Both Paul and Jesus, and we could look at countless others throughout the Bible, followed the Holy Spirit's leading, even when it was leading to their death. They followed in full obedience with their soul at rest because they knew that it was the Father's will. They heard His voice and they were responding to His voice. This past couple weeks, God has given me multiple opportunities to practice what I'm preaching. A day or two ago, the story of Job came to mind. It's not near near the catastrophic level of what Job went through, but if you know that story, um, he's at home and some bad news comes, and right after that news comes, some more news comes, and before he's even processed that news, some more news comes. And uh, mine started with a week and a half or so ago. Uh, our daycare director for Heritage Daycare put in a resignation, and she's going to go be a teacher here in the Lampasa school system, which is great for her, God's will, what he called her to do. But I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> she's been a phenomenal daycare director, uh, and, and it wasn't in my plan and so kind of shook me, but pretty almost immediately, you know, all of this that we've been talking about came to mind. And it's like, God, you're in control. You know, this is what was going to happen. I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. You're going to take care of it. It's going to be better than it than it is now. You've got a plan. And then not too long later, I got some more news uh, from a different place and source, but kind of shook me again. I was like, OK, I wasn't expecting that, but OK. And then maybe a couple of days later, I uh, got some more news and I was like, totally wasn't expecting that. And um, just from different areas, it's not those aren't the details aren't important, but each one kind of built on each other. And I was kind of like, OK, the first was OK. Second one, third one. Well, you know, what's going on, God? But he just kept reminding me, are you just going to walk with me? Are you going to trust me? Are you going to stay at rest? Because I'm doing what I'm going to do. And you can walk with me in faith and trust and rest. 
Or you can be anxious and lose sleep and be worried and, you know, all of those things. Either way, the same thing is going to happen. And I shared last week, you know, how I was in a place for many, many years that I didn't want to be. But God told me over and over and over, extremely clearly, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. And my response was always, but I don't want to be here. This isn't the place I want to be. And God's like, well, that's not the point. (laughs) You're where you're supposed to be. This is where I put you. In the first message of this series, if you were here, uh, we, I showed you a video of, of these sheep in a pasture. And the sh- two or three other people try to call the sheep. They don't even lift their heads. They don't even acknowledge these voices. And then the shepherd calls and they all come running. And the point that I got from that it was different from one of the points made in the scripture. But the thing that I walked away with and what God reminded me of was... I've put you in a place, and if I'm not calling you somewhere else, stay where you are. I've put you in a place with food and water and a fence, and you're safe. And these other voices were trying to call the sheep away, and they could have cared less because they didn't know that voice. But their shepherd called, and they said, hey, it's time to go. That's a voice we know. That's a voice we trust. And so... You know, unlike some of the scriptures I read earlier, God's not specifically saying for me to do this or that or whatever. This is as you all have experienced throughout your lives. There's those times where it's just the circumstances coming to you. But he's saying, are you going to wait and stay? And what I've been battling, I shared with Pastor Gerald this morning. uh, What I've had to struggle with is not coming up with solutions. Because immediately it's like, okay, well, I can do this and we can change this and that and maybe, you know, come up with five different ways to solve each one of these things that has come up. And God's saying, I didn't tell you to solve the problem. I haven't spoke to you yet about that. What I've called you to is rest. Come to me. Listen for my voice, what I'm saying today. And all of these things could look totally different from the way they look today in a week or a month or a year. I don't know. He hasn't given us the timeline. So don't worry about it. What is he speaking to you today? And respond to his voice today. And if it's, I put you in this field and this is where you're supposed to be, then continue faithfully where he's put you. Don't try to get out or go find something or make something happen. Not until you hear his voice, but as soon as you hear his voice, be ready to go and be ready to put a hundred percent faith in what he's spoken and know that he's going to accomplish what he said he will because he said he would. And that's why I have complete confidence in in what we were just talking about a moment ago, that God has spoke healing this morning. How? When? I don't know, but he spoke it. So he's going to do it. That's not on us. We don't have to figure that out. He did. He does. And it's like the word that Pastor Darrell shared earlier. He's got a thousand or a million possibilities. And he's probably not going to tell us which one it is. He just says, wait, it'll happen when it's time in the way that I plan for it to happen. Our responsibility is to hear him and respond. We don't know where God's going to lead us, but we need to decide whether or not we're ready to follow him. And if we are, we have to be ready to follow him anywhere. 
I want to close with a scripture that I hope will be a word of encouragement to you. It was actually a word I felt like God gave me last week during worship. And I thought he was going to have me share it then, but it wasn't time. And I believe it was to close out this whole series. It's a reminder that God is in control and he's going to accomplish everything that he said he will. It's from Second Chronicles 20, verse 15. And God spoke this to Israel before they went out to battle. He said, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours, but God's. First of all, do not be afraid or dismayed. That sounds a lot like rest to me. Be at rest. Know that I'm in control. And then he speaks a profound truth that I think applies to every single area of our lives. And that's the battle is not ours. It's God's. There is one caveat here. And that's it's only his if he says it's his. We have to hear his voice. Jesus Christ himself only did what the father said. He only Uh, spoke what he heard the father saying. So if Christ himself would only walk in and speak what the father was, where he was walking and what he was doing, how much more do we need to put our faith and trust in him in hearing his voice today and doing that? So if you're out there doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it, the battle's not his. You're building a house he didn't build. You're watching a wall. He's not guarding. But if he spoke it, and that's the key here, he spoke. The Lord says, thus says the Lord. Do not be afraid or dismayed. This battle isn't yours. It's mine. And that's why Jesus and Paul and the other disciples and why we today can walk and live in his rest. If we hear his voice today. And don't harden our hearts, but receive it in faith and trust and know that we know that we know that he's going to do exactly what he said he would. We can walk and work in rest because the battle is his. He's going to do everything he intended. The battle isn't ours. The work isn't ours. The yoke isn't ours. The burden isn't ours. Deciding where to go isn't for us to decide. Deciding when to go somewhere isn't for us to decide. The results aren't even our responsibility God has never put that burden on us. The results are his responsibility. All he's asked for us to do is be in a relationship with him that he made the way for. That he did the work before the foundation of the world that we might be in relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And that through his Holy Spirit, we would hear his voice. And respond in faith and trust that he's going to do what he tells us. That's all he puts on us. All of the results are on him. 
all of the responsibilities on him. And when we work in that, we can be at rest. Our calling is to be a sheep of the good shepherd. To know him and to be known by him. To know his voice and to follow him wherever he leads. And we can trust that he's going to accomplish his work and his word. We just need to know, hear, and respond in faith and in rest and trust him. And then we can come to the realization that we're receiving his rest. He's called us into his rest, a place that we can live and a place that we can work. And I just want to encourage each of you this morning as we close to apply what God has revealed to you throughout this series and start living and walking in his rest. But also, I want to encourage you to apply this principle to every single area of your life. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean. Every good thing that we have is his. God is calling us to enter his rest. But I want to encourage you to look through your Bible and you're going to find that God also calls us to have his joy. And he calls us to have his righteousness. And he calls us to have his peace. And he calls us to have his strength. And he calls us to have his love. And the list goes on and on and on. He wants us to have the best of everything. And the best is his. And he has it ready and waiting for his sheep. Those that he knows and that know him. And don't just hear his voice, but follow. We all like to remember that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He saved us. But he saved us to his lordship. He saved us to him being our shepherd. He saved us to us giving up our will and our way to hearing his voice, to following him. And Jesus Christ was the perfect example, the very son of God in flesh. God in the flesh didn't do what he wanted to do. He didn't say what he wanted to say. He gave us a perfect example of seeking the father's will Every moment of every day, every day of Jesus' life, every today he had in the flesh, he heard the voice of God and he responded. And he said, you can do the same thing. I'm giving you my same spirit. And you're not only going to do what I did, you're going to do more. Not because we're more, but because the Father has plans to do more. And every word he spoke, he's going to do. And our part is to hear his voice and respond. Will you bow with me as we pray? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are speaking today. Your Holy Spirit is speaking today. And it's our heart, it's our desire to hear you and to respond. 
Father, I pray that you would open our eyes, that you would open our ears, that you would open our hearts, Lord, that we would not harden our hearts as the children of Israel in the day of rebellion, but that we would hear you and respond and be ready and willing wherever you call us, wherever you send us, even if that means staying where we don't want to be. Lord, we'll do what you call us to do because we know it's what you're calling us to. We know it's your will. We know it's your purpose. Lord, we ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.